Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. That's kind of what I was expecting, just to make sure I got to know the real people, you know, and and got to do some some stuff with the with the far with the people of the land, you know, because Tuscany, you think of and I think of land, like I said, the rolling hills, the fertile land, you know, with abundance. And I guess I just wanted to make sure I knew those people. Welcome to Jump Podcast, formerly known as the Budget Minded Traveler. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hi guys, welcome to episode 105 of Jump Podcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you happen to be today. Uh, So lately on the show, we've been exploring some of the behind the scenes of my own travels. If you're a regular listener, you've probably heard that I recently spent a month in Europe, which you've already gotten to experience a little bit of in the last few episodes. I took you to Oktoberfest and then to Switzerland. And today... We're going to the last stop on my Euro tour, which was Italy, one of my absolute favorites. Um, I was there as a media delegate for the Adventure Travel Trade Association at their annual Adventure Travel World Summit conference, which this year took place in the amazingly quaint, cute little town of Montecatini Terme in Tuscany. And I'm going to invite a friend of mine onto the show today. Her name is Gabby De Vega. And I originally met her three years ago at this same conference when it took place in Chilean Patagonia, which was actually my first trip to Patagonia in 2015. Gabby is originally from El Salvador and she lives in Florida now and also works in the travel industry. And you're going to hear the story about how we met. These are my favorite kinds of stories to share with you because One of the absolute greatest rewards of travel is the people that you meet along the way. And the way that you come together just with like-minded people, kindred spirits, friends that you just haven't met yet, that you can keep for life. I met Gabby three years ago and I've seen her every year since. And I am super honored to invite her on the show with me to talk about all things Tuscany. Um, and before we start, I want you to do something. Close your eyes as long as you're not driving or at risk of falling off a treadmill or something. And imagine Tuscany, whatever that is to you. Imagine what it looks like in your mind's eye and what kind of activities you think that you would do there. You can pause this if you want to think about it for another minute or so. And now open your mind and your eyes if you want to, and come with us to the real Tuscany for the next 45 minutes or so. All right. I am on the line with my friend, Gabby De Vega. Uh, Gabby, welcome to the show. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well, Jackie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It's so, I know it's so fun to have you on my show. Um, One of the things I was just talking to you about this um, off record, but one of the, my favorite things to do is tell stories about how I meet the people that are on my podcast. And you are one of those really fun stories for me. (laughs) Well, it was great. It was serendipity, right? So it was really cool. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. This was three years ago. Why don't you tell the story about how we met? Three years ago. Was it it three or maybe a little more? It was was three. um, September. Mm -hmm. September of 2015. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, time flies. Really. But where we met was just this amazing place. You know, it was just far away from where we're at now. In so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been back there so many times now that it probably feels like home to you. Oh, yeah. It's definitely I definitely call it my second home. This is, of course, Patagonia that we are talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, the Chilean Patagonia. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. and I were assigned even roommates. I mean, not that it was that difficult to choose, but on our <laughs> um, first ever W trek through Torres del Paine National Park. And yes, yes, we were. And that trek was just insane. And all I can remember from that trek is your long legs just. Oh. Gliding oh through the forest, <laughs> <laughs> relentlessly, like having laughing, having conversations, mm. like nothing, and it was just like, oh my god! It was. We had some long days, you know. I think yeah, we had we some did. like eighteen k day was mm. the longest, maybe twenty five k. Yeah, the longest day is twenty five. <laughs> yeah, I've done it a few times since then. So yeah, I'm. I have those numbers memorized. Yeah, that was. Um, a really special time, I think, in both of our lives, actually. And so it was so cool to be able to come together, you and I, on that trip and experience something so beautiful together um, for the first time. And that was, of course, for the uh, Adventure Travel World Summit that was happening down in Chilean Patagonia in 2015. And I've seen you, what, every year since then? Yeah, um, every year right? since then, around the same time, we managed yeah. to meet up somewhere in the world. We definitely have a drink or two. We hang out, we talk, we catch up. And it's like, um, we were, you know, it's like we're on this never ending journey. (laughs) I know it's the coolest. Definitely some dancing thrown in there as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely the dancing, the dancing crosses all kinds of cultures, you know, and that's the fun thing about it. That's the fun thing about getting together with the tribe of the adventure uh, travel trade association yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we, we definitely blend a bunch of cultures together and more so on the dance floor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think dance has that, uh, power to do that uh, across. It's just an amazing thing. <laughs> that kind yeah. of expression. Um, yeah. That's yeah. So, for sure. so first in Chile and then were you in Alaska? Yeah, then yeah. we met in Alaska, Alaska for sure. And Argentina. Uh, and I this think we're year. like we were on the rooftop of somewhere where <laughs> we came together again in Alaska. It was great. It was, you know, Alaska has these beautiful views all wherever you go, you know. And, yeah. and I just remember that rooftop view. It's fun. That was great. Alaska was Alaska was, was beautiful. Huge. Yeah. Um and then Argentina, and then Argentina last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... South Argentina, which, yeah, which was definitely a, even though so close to Chile, a whole different experience. Mm. 
And, oh, yeah. Those um, two countries, they're so different. Seriously different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And more recently in Tuscany, you yes. know, which was such a blessing. I know that was, and that's the reason why I actually invited you on the show today. So we can chat a little bit about our experiences there because they were so, in my mind, so incredibly different from, <laughs> I mean, anything I've ever experienced in Tuscany before, um, which I thought was super cool. And I wanted to kind of just share about that. And you and I, so with these conferences that we go to, cause this was another Adventure Travel World Summit, um, we participate in adventures before we get together for the conference. All these people who go to this conference, basically we all spread out all over the country or the region and, and play and get to experience, you know, yeah, we get to experience what what we're, Mm -hmm. yeah, what we're going to um, be talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, for the next few days or who we're going to meet. So we actually get to experience all of this stuff before we go in there to, exchange information and contact and, and business essentially. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. And, um, with, so that's how we ended up on the same, uh, trek in Patagonia because we both signed up for the same adventure. Um, but we have yet to do that again since, since that year, we haven't signed up for anything the same, uh, since the first year. And so, and, and that year we signed up for the post tour too, I without know. even knowing know. we were on no. the pre-tour during and post. Yeah. That was so, <laughs> was awesome. this is why we're friends. We, we signed up for the same pre-tour. Then we actually completely separately had booked the same exact hostel. We were staying across the hall from yeah. each other for the whole week and we were on the same post tour. So we basically spent like two solid weeks together i think in chile that first time that was, was three was it three it was, like a, it was a long trip it was three weeks yeah, yeah. it was it, it was, was long you're right very meaningful oh, it was so special um, for me but you know like minds we're like-minded mm-hmm. you know great yeah. minds like minds yeah um, it's, it's great and of course i always mention our sky blue toenails which you know oh. really was the series <laughs> you can count on me for the turquoise toenails <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so okay. But Tuscany, yes. Yeah, so amazing. correct me if I'm wrong, but I th- believe you have not been you had not been to Italy before at all, right? Right. That's that was right. my first experience. And so I really I just set out to not have any expectations. I really just had a clear mindset. I and, think that's really hard to do. You know, wherever with Italy. Wherever I went, I was going to go wherever I stayed. I was going to book, you know, I was just going to be like that. And so that's how we ended up in Bologna. Bologna was not part of the uh, itinerary, the official itinerary. But somehow you and I managed to end up there again on the same day and (laughs) and have some lunch. Yeah, uh, that was cool, too. But, you know, Bologna to me was just such a beautiful experience of um that region of Italy. And it's kind of not on everybody's radar, you know, no, it's definitely and, and not. That's how that whole thing started. It's, it's just like, I, I, you know, I just became enamored of not particularly, you know, the, the known destinations, you know, it, mm-hmm. it really this trip to Tuscany opened my eyes to the off the beaten path for sure. And that was really special. Definitely. I would have to agree. I think the place that I went is completely completely off the beaten path um, for for my pre-adventure. But I want to ask you before we start talking about what we actually did, 
Um, I think it's really interesting that you you didn't want to have any expectations going to Italy because I feel like of all the places in the world, Italy is one of those places that's really easy to have expectations because everyone kind of it's like, you know what to expect. Like, let me ask you this. <laughs> what comes to mind or what came to mind before when you like think of Tuscany or when you when you thought of Tuscany before you'd been there? What What comes to mind? Rolling hills. <laughs> yeah. You know, wine. these beautiful green rolling hills with, you know, big fat grapes, mm-hmm. um, divine cheese. And I guess and I and actually I experienced all of that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe what I, I just didn't want to um, go in there with the idea of, you know, of, of Florence or, you know, the, the David or just like with mm. these high expectations of getting to experience all these things that um, that's what you usually hear about. Right. Right. Of course. Because I, I knew that, it, you know, it, it's crowded. It's it's crazy. And you can definitely um, get lost in the crowds. And I just wanted to get to know the real Tuscany. So kind of maybe that's where my expectations, you know, that that's kind of what I was expecting just to make sure I got to know the real people, you know, and and got to do some some stuff with the with the far with the people of the land, you know, because Tuscany, you think of and I think of land, like I said, the rolling hills, the fertile land, you know, with abundance. And I guess I just wanted to make sure I knew those people. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And I love that you said that because it it, is, man, it's like going to Venice is not a real Italian experience. Not anymore. It just doesn't, you know, it is, but it's, it's still, it feels like Disneyland when you're there too, you know? And so wanting to get to know the people, learn something about the culture. I feel like that's so important, especially in a place that is so crowded and comes with such an expectation. You didn't even see the David, did you? No, remember? You were like, you make sure you sit and stare, but it was impossible. You Mm -hmm. know, there was like 400 people in line, like mm-hmm. 200 more that were like on the wait list or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, apparently <laughs> yeah. like, you know, big bus loads of people mm-hmm. had gotten there. It, yeah, it was, I wasn't even going to try. So, okay. yeah, you know, there's plenty of other statues around and I definitely took a lot of pictures of fountains and statues and other replicas of the David, you know, and yeah. it was just as beautiful. Yeah. So I guess kind of let, like, let go of that expectation and just enjoy yeah. walking around the cities, you know, or just walking around a village or I love that mm-hmm. just kind of um, intaking all of the, it's very sensory, you know, Tuscany was definitely oh, yeah. sensory. Yeah. And uh, there's so much more to a place than just the thing that people talk about. I mean, the, the ad- adventure is everywhere. Just the fact that it's foreign should be an adventure in itself. And so, oh um, yeah. Yeah. Just observing the people and mm-hmm. how they, you know, how they go about their lives is, is, is amazing. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, honestly, from how they're dressed to how their mannerisms, you know, to how they interact. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's lovely, actually. And it changes very quickly by region or by hill, you know, by hillside. Yeah. I mean, it can yeah. change so fast. There's so much um, to explore. So let's talk about what you actually did. And then I want to share what I actually did in Tuscany because what I did blew my mind (laughs) and is not something that I would expect to do in Tuscany when I think of Tuscany, which I I agree with you. It's like sunflowers and I mean, under the Tuscan sun (laughs) and wine and, you know, I don't know. 
Uh, and I did. But you I know mean, what, Jackie? I did take that route. I did take like the um, light adventure, mm-hmm. more cultural eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but Italy, right? Where, yeah. But where did Italy you go? Route. What did you do so, on yours? I, you know, I, I really um, I traveled with this wonderful tour operator. That's Tuscany. And the owner is just this amazing woman who 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 who's really into showcasing what I was searching for, which is like this raw culture and these encounters with the farmers and with people of the villages. So I did a lot of agritourism mm-hmm. and Ooh, which involved in a lot of farm to table, mm-hmm. of course, you know, and um, wineries and little, you know, uh, villages that just had the best wine and, you know, everything was very like homemade. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we actually went to these little villages. So, uh, Apella is one of them that comes to my mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just this um, medieval village. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's been um, restored and all of these little medieval houses are now rooms you know, and, and in the, in the middle of the village, there's a restaurant and it's just this, it's a beautiful <laughs> posada. And you kind of go back to those roots of the medieval village, but now, you know, you're in, you're in Tuscany and, you yeah. know, 2018 and, um, here you are and it's beautiful because you really get to live the history and sense it and experience it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Which you must so. do. If nothing else, yeah, you must eat in Italy. <laughs> absolutely, you know, for for all, I think all of our meals were five course meals, even breakfast probably, you know, and and it was just <laughs> so abundant and beautiful. We did a lot of hiking to work it out, so it yeah. kind of evened out. Um, but you know, just to, to trek through these beautiful castles and fort forts and and towers, you know, because there was towers all over the place, you know, kind of being watchful. When mm-hmm. when it was medieval times in the villages, and it was just amazing, and it's a and it's yeah. a part of Tuscany that I really never expected to encounter and and yeah. and think about, you know, medievalness, right? But, so, but once you get to Italy, and once you kind of get into the countryside, well, especially in that central region, Tuscany, um, Lazio, um, Umbria, there's a lot of medieval villages, a lot of walled cities, but. Like you just named one, Apella, which I haven't even heard of. Um, and if you if we named some that people have heard of, what are we going to say? Um, Siena, probably. That's the one everybody knows. Um, Pisa, you know, which is on the way, of course. Pisa, um, yeah, or like Orvieto. Like there's there's some that people know, but Italy is full of these little magical little villages. Um, I remember one yeah, time. Yeah, and that's. And that's the magic. It for really sure. is. It really, really is. Especially if you have a car. I think if you have a rental car is the best way to see Italy because you can explore these back roads and you can go further into these unknown places. Let me ask you a question. Did you see any other tourists when you were in Apella or any of these other little? No. <laughs> awesome. No. And, yeah. and we were looked at like, wow, you know, mm. because the group, we were in, I mean, we rep, we must have represented about eight nationalities. Yeah. Eight nationalities together in a Pella, you know, that was kind of unheard of, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, no, you know, we didn't see many tourists or maybe 
you know, a, a, a small group of two or four people here and there because, you know, you know, the restaurant did cater to others and people were actually driving through. Yeah, people do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a beautiful way to explore and it's uh, inexpensive. You know, the, these little cars over there, right? They're, they're pretty great. The um, tiny Fiat. Yes, they don't consume much gas. You know, mm-hmm. they fit anywhere. You can mm-hmm. almost just drive them to the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Um, there yeah, is... to explore it like that would be beautiful. Definitely, you know, to get lost in these yeah. rolling hills. Absolutely. Um, there was one summer, this is going to go back a ways, <laughs> 2009, way before I started any of the Budget Mind and Traveler or any of this blogging stuff. But back when I was just kind of independent traveling all the time, um, I did a work away in, so we were in Lazio. So um, Tuscany is the region where, you know, Florence is. And then right underneath that is Umbria. And then right underneath Mm -hmm. that is Lazio. And Lazio is the one that Rome is in. Um, And we did a work away in the hills of Lazio, like 40 minutes outside of Rome. But holy goodness, it was a different world. And part of our work away included an old uh, Piat, sorry, I'm dyslexic, a a Fiat Panda, (laughs) an old (laughs) Fiat Panda. And we had um, the permission to drive it anywhere within 200 kilometers of where we were. And so when we had, yeah, so when we had like days off, which happened, I think like once a week or something, we would go explore. We'd basically take it like 199 kilometers away, you know, as far away as we possibly could. (laughs) And we got into some of these tiny, tiny little super remote villages. And Lazio, I mean, the way that I describe Lazio is it's just like Tuscany, like picture Tuscany. Okay. Now just like go South a little bit. Like that whole central region of Italy, very much looks the same. It's like rolling Hills, Cypress trees, like medieval villages. Um, you got coasts on either side, you know, it's not that big. Um, and then mountains in the middle. Um, it's very similar looking and there is so much to explore. There are so many like lakes in that area. Um, and the agriculture is so rich and every region you go to the, the cuisine changes because it's all so locally regional, which is amazing. Like don't think for one second that cuisine is going to be the same from North to South of Italy. Like it's so oh, different. No. It's and so it's fun tradition. to explore. Yeah. It's absolutely. definitely defined by tradition. Which you is know, we, we went to a restaurant mm-hmm. with a hundred year tradition. It was like in its oh. fourth generation, you know, yes. and, and it's very uh, ingrained in the region. Yeah. That's the beauty of Italy, right? You get like, to yes. savor it. It, literally it yes you do yeah you can yep and you do it slowly because that's how they do it there um <laughs> yes you do. that's with love yeah exactly. love no, and then if you're I lucky learned. you can meet the meet the chefs and like talk to them yeah. and, and get the whole story that's why the agriturismo is so um what just magical it's like it's an experience in itself those those places Every and time. it's because there they really take the time to prepare food. You know, food in, in Italy, of course, it's a ritual. It's, it's you know, they, they really take the time to do it well. Mm-hmm. And slow cooking and the five course sit down meal and mm-hmm. the different wines with the different courses. I mean, mm-hmm. they really do it slowly with love. You know, And yeah. that's what makes it super magical. Yeah. And it's not about turning and burning tables. You know, it's about no, the experience. Once you're yeah. in for a table for the night, that's your table and you're yeah. going to be treated. Yeah. Like it's very cool. I love hearing this. I love that. Like, because 
we've had, um, and we've talked a little bit about Italy on this podcast before, and there was one, uh, an episode 65, I think it was, um, where we, we even talked about like an itinerary that went through Tuscany and kind of, you know, hits the the bigger places, but I've never talked about like hidden Italy. And I've spent so much time in Italy. I mean, I don't even know if most of my listeners know this, but I've spent, I spent a year studying abroad in the North when I was well, let's see, 2005, 2006, I lived there for a year. I lived in Rome for a few, several months in 09. And then I lived in Lecce, which is in the heel of the boot in Puglia, um, a little bit in 2015, uh, actually right after I, a little yeah. time, right after I met you. Um, I, I do remember that journey and, but you mm-hmm. say it's a whole different thing, right? Oh, it the, is. The, the South and the North. Yeah. Oh, like it's so different, different. It, it, as if it is, even in the even even in the center. I mean, Italy and the people in the, these lands, these regions are so proud um, of their regions. You know that they could be all different countries if you really wanted to break it down. Kind of like the United States, yeah. you know, like there's just lots of different cultures, different influences. Um, even just geographically, where you are, there are different people there, and um, but it's so. Italy is absolutely just one of my absolute favorite countries in the world. I keep going I, I back. Can, I can see that. I yeah. definitely want to go back and, and keep exploring. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it has everything you could ever want, you know? <laughs> I know. In fact, a lot of, because of that, sometimes I, people ask me, you know, um, if you, if, if you couldn't travel anywhere else and you had to stay in one place, where would it be? And I mean, That's like an impossible question. But when I consider, when I consider all the things like all the landscape, the food, the people, the culture, the, I don't know, um, advancedness, the the quality of living, everything, then Italy is my answer (laughs) because you can have all, you can have it all. (laughs) You can, you you can have the ocean, you have the hills, you Mm -hmm. know, you have, yeah, you, you cliffs, yeah. you, you, you got, you have it. It's, and it's a beautiful place. I mean, you have it all literally. So, and you can grow your own food wherever yeah. you are in Italy, apparently, you know, because the land there is just super fertile and that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a plus yeah. in our daily lives, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about what I did on my adventure because it seriously blew my mind and it still like makes me like, what did I really do that in Italy? <laughs> it's so random, but I went to the island of Elba. Do you oh, know Elba? Right. Yes, I heard. It's amazing. Okay. So the only... It's, it's right across from Cinque Terre. Yeah. No, it's south. I mean, Cinque Terre is up in the north and it faces Cinque Terre, like the coast faces south right there. It's on the north coast. Um, so this is actually literally just off the coast of Tuscany. So it's like just west of Tuscany, like an hour by ferry. Um, and the only thing that I really knew about Elba is I'm... I have to admit, so The Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite movies ever. The newer one with Jim Caviezel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. I've watched it like a million times. And 
in that movie, it definitely tells the story um, about, well, it's a historical fiction, you know, but like um, Napoleon gets exiled to Elba and they stop at Elba uh, in like the opening, one of the opening scenes of the movie, they, they stop on Elba and he sees Napoleon and whatever. And so I'm like, this is the only thing that I really know about Elba is that that's where Napoleon <laughs> went. And I see this adventure on there. It's like, you know, multi-sport adventure on Elba Island. And I'm like, Elba, like when else am I going to go to Elba? Because Tuscany, it's it's right. I mean, it's literally in the middle of Italy. Like you can get there. You can go anywhere right. pretty easily. But when will I go to this island again? And so I decided that that's the one that I wanted to do. And so I signed up to go on this adventure to Elba. And one of the other reasons that I decided to do it is because they offered a discovery scuba dive. And that oh, right. terrifies me. Nice. <laughs> but that was also what made me say yes, because I I have this weird addiction to like facing my fears and trying, just trying, like period, end of sentence, just like trying, you know, to 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 face my fears, to get over things, to I don't know, experience outside I, of my comfort zone. I remember when you ate sea urchin on a market in Chile because <laughs> you were trying to face your fear. <laughs> oh, God. Still to this day, that was like the grossest thing that I've ever eaten. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that was not a pleasant experience. Uh, that's funny, though. No, you're right. Yeah. You know, Um but we, so yeah, I went to the island of Elba and it was, it really, really, really blew my mind. I had kind of like you, I really didn't have expectations. I hadn't thought too much about it. It's like, okay, we're going to go to Elba. I know that I'm going to try this scuba dive thing. Kind of thought it would be like in a pool. And maybe if we were lucky, we'd get to go like close to the shore or something like that's what was in my head. Um, I knew there was going to be e-biking, which I've done a lot of cycling lately. And I'm like e-biking, like whoop-de-doo, you know, like I wasn't that stoked to try e-biking. Um, I don't know. It was just, I just didn't have like huge expectations for it. And this place seriously blew my mind. It was so, so much fun. I went with an operator called Active Travel Tuscany. Um, and I would highly recommend them if you guys are looking for a custom. Did, did that's Tuscany? Did they do custom experiences too, or do they have? Like, yes. Yeah. So there's tons yeah, of they, operators. They do a that, lot of stuff for yeah. small groups. They're they're amazing. I would really recommend looking into them because you don't know what's best. You know, like you you don't know on your own what's the best thing to do, and that's why having a guide or having an operator, a tour operator, to show you where to go is kind of magical um, because I never would have explored Elba on my own. I just don't think I would have, you know, like the fact that Napoleon was right. there probably in itself was not enough to really get me there, but to hook you in, right? Yeah. Like Appella for me, like I would yeah. have never I know. gone to Appella on my own. Yeah. But I then get they, it. they hang these things in front of you like, Ooh, agroturismo or scuba diving or mountain biking, whatever. It's like, Ooh, that sounds fun. You know, like I think I could get into that. And, um, and so, yeah, I spent four days on Elba and the coolest thing, I have to just share this real quick, but the, um, the scuba diving experience was definitely not in a pool. <laughs> we took uh. a little boat and we went out to a shipwreck, um, which is, nice. it was, uh, sunk in 1971. So it's not that old. Um, and it was not that far from the coast. I don't think anybody died. It's like not that 
incredibly morbid, you know. Um, but there is this shipwreck down there and they that's where they took us. And luckily that day, the sun was shining. It was beautiful. Like it was the pretty much the best case scenario for a girl who's pretty much like terrified of water. Like it's really hard for me to get into the ocean. Um, and yet I did it. And they were really, really good with me. They held me the whole time. You know, I mean, it was a discovery dive. So I think they have to um, when you're not right. Um, kind of introduce you slowly exactly. to the water. And yeah. And, and they, yeah. I mean, they explained everything really well. I definitely was not the first person to go. But by the time I went, I mean, the guide like held my hand so tight. I swear if it's possible to <laughs> for your palms to sweat underwater, my palms were sweating because I was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I was clutching him so tightly. But you know, what's interesting is and of um, course, these Italian guides, you know, <laughs> oh, they're so marvelous. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the scariest part about this was actually not the breathing. It was not the breathing underwater. You can breathe. Like if you stay calm and just kind of learn to breathe into the machine, it works. It's fine. And there's not right. a whole lot more to it, especially on a, a discovery dive when like they're not even letting go of you. They're not going to go that deep or whatever. Um the weirdest part for me was suddenly, as soon as we were over the shipwreck and he's like, okay, like, you know, put your head in the water. <laughs> and I put my face in and I am over something that I should not be over. Like there's a shipwreck underneath me and the whole like, okay, so I'm also yeah. afraid of heights. And the heights thing came into fact, like that was the thing that- Vertigo. Oh my yeah, gosh. I was like, I am in a place because I should not be in. there's this ship underneath you. Yes, and I, I felt like it, I was yeah. going to fall on it. And it was just the weirdest thing. And so for me, it was, a, it was an incredibly positive experience because the discovery dive itself worked. I did it. You know, I was probably under for like, only like 15 or 20 minutes. And we got to about, six feet under the surface, which I was so proud of myself because I felt like I was on the surface the whole time. I'm like, we can't go any lower. Like, don't go deeper. You know, I'm telling him, he's like, don't, you know, it's fine. Like he's giving me the okay signal, like whatever. I'm like, there's a ship down there. We're not going anywhere near that, you know, but we did, I did really well. And, um, I would say at the end of that, I would try a discovery dive again. Um, but not at a shipwreck. I didn't love the shipwreck, but I think if there was a place that was more a reef. Yeah, yeah, a reef with like you know, marine life and more there's, fish there's to see, perhaps. Fish. Yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's way yeah, maybe more not, fulfilling. Not like sharks or anything. Uh, it might be a little too much, but, you know, just something that's not like a shipwreck. Um, but I was so proud of myself for getting to do it. And they were so wonderful with me. And that was like a half day excursion that we did this scuba diving thing under the sun you just feel so alive after you try something like that you know what under I mean? the tuscan sun <laughs> under the tuscan sun <laughs> that's right <laughs> um and then i also since i mentioned the biking i do have to say dude mountain e-bikes are so incredibly cool like, yes they ridiculously are. so i had when when was um Tuscany was in, uh, were we there in October, like middle of October? Yeah. Okay. So I had literally just finished cycling through the Swiss Alps, uh, on a regular, like hybrid touring bike, um, on roads and paths, like dirt paths. Um, and that's why I was like, oh, we're going to e-bike in Elba. You know, I don't know. I wasn't that excited about it, but holy goodness, these mountain e-bikes are like 
legit. They're like big burly bikes and they have Mm. motors and you can like fly on them. And I finally got to experience what it feels like to be on an e-bike. And it was freaking magic. Like it was so cool. I would totally do that again. And I would highly recommend this experience to anyone out there who like, isn't sure about what trying an e-bike. Oh man. Wow. Like you could go so far. They're so much fun. We went like they're, all and, and over. And they're for everyone. Oh, you know, yeah. You don't have absolutely. to be super skilled. You don't have to be in great shape. Mm-hmm. You just have to have like, okay, balance, you mm-hmm. know? To, mm-hmm. Yeah. You just to, need to be able to, to ride a bike. Be on it and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an incredible, it's called B, like B, like Busby, B Bike Elba. That's the, that was the company that we worked with on the island there. And they were so much fun. Just guys who are super passionate about biking, you could tell, you know, and it's so fun to share an experience in a place with someone who loves that place, who's proud to be there because you see, yeah, you see a whole different side of of that place because you're with someone who's connected to it, which also adds a whole level of that you can't experience when you're traveling independently, which is one of the things I love about having a guide, you know, that you just see a different side of, of a place. Really? You You know, they, 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 Mm -hmm. they are so happy to be showing you their way of life Mm -hmm. and, and the way they see things. And, and it's beautiful. You know, Mm -hmm. that is, that's when you really truly connect to the places you visit through a local, Mm -hmm. because that's when you hear their stories and and you kind of get into their perspective of, of the place. Yeah. And it's for sure different than your own perspective, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. a visitor and it is, that's really what, what engraves that connection in your um, memory, I think. When you think of these travels, you really think of the people you met mm-hmm. during Absolutely. the travels. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's one more subject that I wanted to talk about before we go. And that was, um, we, we both talked about just now places that we went that were super off the beaten path. And um, the reason that we were both in Italy was to go to this conference, uh, the Adventure Travel World Summit. And um, you mentioned something that I want you to bring back up. Um, We were talking about it before we started recording, but um, over tourism. And I would love to hear um, why that matters to you and why this trip specifically um, left an impact on you because of that, if you don't mind sharing that with all of us. Oh, no, I'd love to share this with all of you, because I think it's, it's very important to to kind of gain this perspective uh, specifically for those of us that have been in the industry. I've been in the industry for over 15 years, um, originally from El Salvador, a truly emerging nation where it is everything there was off the beaten path. Um, El Salvador is hardly ever mentioned in any Central America trek or, you know, the Mayan tr- trek or any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of left out. Um, and that, that was a big problem for us when we were operating tourism there. So we were always looking to get more tourists, you know, to sign contracts with the cruise ships to, you know, get our government to make all of these connections. And just, we really didn't care how many, um, tourists or where they came from. We just wanted them there. Um, and that's kind of in the tourism industry. You look for these numbers, right? These numbers at the end of the year that that claim that this year was better than last. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one of the themes that we touched upon in the summit in Tuscany was the, the over tourism. And, I, you know, I definitely experienced that a little bit in Italy because I, I did choose to go to Venice one day. Mm-hmm. There you go. And 
And I actually, halfway through my day there, I just decided to just take a boat out into the islands, you know, kind of out of Venice Mm -hmm. because it was super saturated and it wasn't even really high season. And it was just mobs and mobs and mobs of people. And to get anywhere, to sit at a restaurant, to go up in the tower, you just had to wait in line. And, you know, and it was just... um, Wow, it was really overkill, overbearing. So this, this whole over tourism theme has stayed with me since then, and it's just kind of like uh, it's a wake up call. I think the the term was actually coined in 2017, so not that long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of on the cusp of it of the term over tourism. But you know, we really need to wake up. The industry and travelers alike need to wake up and and make make sure that the way you're traveling. Um, leaves a positive impact, mm-hmm. you know, and that and, and and definitely, you know, go off the beaten and path, kind of try not to oversaturate Barcelona and the Venice and, the, you know, and the, the, the cities. Yeah. Of course, if they're on your list, you know, check them out, but there's ways to check them out. You can um, go off the beaten path within the city, you know, and just make sure that you go into the local shops and talk to the locals and, you know, hire local guides. And all of this stuff that that will help kind of mitigate this problem, and and go off and venture, you know, like you say, you know, that those two hundred kilometers away from the, or, or how far away you were forty kilometers from you know Rome 40 or whatever. Minutes, and, yeah, like by train we were forty, 40 minutes. minutes, and we yeah. we would go north, so, you know, as far away as, and we were already remote, and we just continued mm-hmm. to get to dive deeper and just see what we could find, and I mean beautiful because places there are no tourists out there that need tourists you know definitely these little uh, villages that have been revamped from medieval times you know where i went they definitely need tourists out there you know that's what their whole their whole um mm-hmm. project is about yeah and what but, an amazing uh, so, time you had there like you're a testament to that yeah. i'm a testament to that we both went off the beaten path this is tuscany we're talking about not anyone who right. listens to this podcast is is not going to know what Tuscany is. Like everyone knows Tuscany. Yet here we are having these experiences that are pure Tuscany that no one yeah. has heard of. And we had such a grand time on both of our experiences. Well, you know, it was funny because I was traveling with my new friend. She's She was so amazing, but a full on millennial. And she's proud of it, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but you know, she told me, she's like, well, you know, I came to Italy and I, I kind of wanted to like go to Florence, not Appella, you know, <laughs> what am I going <laughs> to tell my friends back home that I went to Appella? And I said, yes, that's what you have to tell people. You know, that's magic that you mm-hmm. went somewhere unique, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's really, and she had an amazing time and mm-hmm. for sure it was transformational for her as well. Amazing. And we just all need to understand this concept, you know, be go beyond Florence pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not, oh yeah. Not to not not to skip over it, just go beyond it. Yeah. You know? Also. Also. If you're gonna do Florence, awesome, but like also go somewhere else. If you're gonna do right. Rome, please do Rome. Don't skip Rome. Rome is my favorite city in the world. But then just go beyond as well. Right. And see the And real... maybe you fly into Bologna and not into Florence, you know? You you mm-hmm. can mitigate like your you can really um think about your choices when mm-hmm. you're making them. And, yeah. and think about this whole over tourism, you know, you don't you don't want to be around all of these crowds and 
the, the locals don't want to have to deal with all of these crowds and, and it really can damage an area and, you know, a natural area mm-hmm. as well as an urban area. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's something to think about. That whole over tourism theme, it definitely makes you think of yeah. what choices you can make uh, as a traveler. And also if, if you're in the industry, yeah. you know, you, you can definitely think about um, your business taking all of that into consideration. And, it, you know, it's it's so great to really experience unique things in small groups, you know, and, and to e-bike rather than take the bus, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, man. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I, I completely agree with you. And I think that so much of I mean, I used to when I first started traveling, I used to go to cities and check off, you know, the David and the Galleria and, um, you know, the Coliseum and all these things. And these things are gorgeous and they're must see. Right. Like, there's a yeah. reason people make the pilgrimage to go see them, you know. Um, but the cool, the coolest stories that I have are not from those places. I mean, there I've just one comes to mind even right now and I'll just share it since it came to mind. But there was one time that I was in Rome and I was staying at an Airbnb that um, the host was present, like it was a brother and a sister and they had a few rooms that they Airbnb'd out. And I I wanted that. I wanted someone there. Um, And they took me one night to a town. It was called something like Verola. I I can't remember. Something with a V. It's like an hour, 40 minutes to an hour south of Rome, like into the hills. I had no idea where we're going. It was like dark, but I, I mean, it wasn't scary at all. I'm just like, this is such an adventure. <laughs> and we go to this teeny, teeny, tiny little medieval village on top of a hill. And he starts telling me about how there's like legends of giants that used to be here. And like, we're walking through this oh, town yeah. and it's just totally deserted at night. Like it was so cool because the streets were the little cobblestone, you know, steep streets were totally empty. And then we walk into this restaurant. He's like, this is where we have to eat, you know, and we walk in and it's this cave. It's literally like in a rock and we walk in, you know, you lose cell phone service. You're just going deeper into this cave and there's like wine everywhere and you get back there and the restaurant's just full of people eating. And it's like (laughs) such an amazing experience. It was, it was fall. And I remember I had, this is years ago and I can tell you what I ate because I remember it so well. It was a pumpkin. It was like a gnocchi pumpkin pasta thing. It was so, so good. And this is like with my random Airbnb hosts, because we decided to go on an adventure and take a car and like go into the real Italy, you know, while I was staying in Rome. (laughs) It was amazing. And it becomes a, it becomes a vivid experience Mm -hmm. in your memory because you just don't know what to expect, right? So those expectations are gone and then you're Mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised. And I I think that's the trick to to traveling, right? Just try to remain pleasantly surprised wherever you go. Yeah. Removing expectation paves the path for like delight. Just delight. Perfect. Yeah. Perfectly said. Well done. (laughs) Well, Gabby, thank you so much for coming and talking about Italy with me. It's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Next time we'll have to be drinking some Italian Tuscan wine. Yeah, next you know, time we'll, we'll, we'll have to prepare yeah. the scene more. <laughs> we'll have to bring the the mic the record the microphone, the portable microphone to our to our pasta bolognese lunch next time and and do it all over again right. with wine and yeah. Right. Or maybe we just make some tiramisu from scratch. I learned how to do that. Oh, hey, (laughs) check it out. You learned how to do that on your trip? Yeah, with my chef. With our chef, my chef. (laughs) With my personal chef. He was mine for five minutes while he was showing me how to make tiramisu. Nice. Um, 
No, he was a wonderful chef and, and he made it so, you know, it was, it's really easy, Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a wonderful recipe to bring back home. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the way you can bring uh, a little bit of your travels back home is really through the food. Yeah. And if you learn how to make a dish, mm-hmm. you know, remember mm-hmm. we, we learned how to make the, um, uh, conger chowder, was it that we, we learned okay. how to make in Chile on one of our last nights? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the soup. Mm-hmm. Went to the market, we bought all that stuff yep. and, and yeah. made it. We made a dish at the end of the night. And, you know, you can always bring these recipes back home and relive the moment, right? Absolutely. In fact, it, I'm glad, I'm so glad you said that because to this day, I am telling you, I haven't, I have maybe tasted one pasta carbonara that's better than the one that I learned how to make in Italy when I first lived there because it's a real basic like pure Italian recipe and most of the world has no idea what carbonara actually is there's no there's no sauce in carbonara like there's no cheese in it you know like and and knowing that and being able to make it and whip it up and it's so delicious and people are like jaw dropped by how good it is and I'm like yeah that's right it took me like 10 minutes you know (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> that's super yeah, special you learn the secrets yeah you definitely yeah. learn the secrets and they're mm-hmm. kind of simple it's just oh, all yeah. about using these great ingredients mm-hmm. you know well, and that's that, that yeah. Italians use that's simple but, that's um, italy you can get them Less at home. More. Mm-hmm. absolutely yay cool well now i'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> me too and yeah. i want some some delicious tuscan mm-hmm. wine as well mm-hmm. <laughs> to celebrate no, thank you for having me, Jackie. It's always awesome. Yeah. You're full of awesomeness. Awesome, awesome thank to talk you. to you and catch up. Yes. And, I can't wait to um, see I you hope again. To see you in Ecuador. Maybe yes. hopefully that'll be our next meetup destination. Absolutely. I really hope so. Love it. I hope that you can make it. And uh, if not, you know, we'll see each other in some other amazing corner of the world at some point. But thank you so Absolutely. much for coming on. It was, it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. All right. Thanks again to Gabby for taking the time to join me today and talking about beautiful Tuscany. I hope that you guys learned something from that. In fact, I'm curious if what you imagined as Tuscany at the beginning of the show was different from the Tuscany that we described or if your idea about it has changed at all. And I'm also curious if your mind was opened to considering the effects of over-tourism and the many, many benefits of off the beaten path travel. And I wonder if, and I hope that you will uh, remember this conversation next time you plan a trip to anywhere. If you are planning a trip to Tuscany or anywhere, really, uh, I do recommend, highly recommend that you seek out a local tour operator to help you with that trip. Um, And I'm going to repeat And then share even a few more company names that you can look up for Tuscany if you're heading that way and for surrounding areas in Italy. Um, I was with Active Travel Tuscany on my trip to Elba. Gabby was with That's Tuscany. Also, you guys have heard about biketours.com. They, of course, offer tours in Tuscany. So does my friend Tulia over at S Cape Travel. It's S Cape Travel. And my friend Monica at Experience Plus, any one of these companies will be happy to help you plan an unforgettable trip to Tuscany and beyond. Um, And I hope that if you learned nothing else from this episode, that at least you realize 
how much more there is to Tuscany than Florence and the David, and that that applies for every place on the planet, and that the magic of local tour guides will help you discover those unique experiences and kind of dig into local culture and things that just aren't on on absolutely everyone else's itinerary. All right. Well, that was a nice Italy daydreaming session. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Thank you again for listening. Cheers to you. Stay safe. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.